You're listening to You Play A What, a podcast by a musician for musicians. My name is Vincent and I play the euphonium. Join me as I sit down with successful musicians to talk about their specialization, inspirations, and career developments. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to episode 42 of You Play A What. I hope all of you are well. First of all, apologies on the delay in this week's episode. No real excuses, really. Enjoyed the long weekend a little bit too much. Enjoyed turning 30 over the weekend and poor sleep cycle over the last few days led to lower productivity. But I decided I shall not disappoint all of you that has been consistently supporting the podcast. So here I am recording episode 42 at 2 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) So we are midway through week 2 of the SYF. Well done to the schools that has performed and all the best to those who are performing in the coming days. We'll get right into today's episode now about hobbies or more specifically serious hobbies. How I feel like the right hobby will help you have a longer and happier career without the fear of suffering burnout. So let's start off with defining what is a serious hobby. So basically, if we take away the serious word, a hobby by standard definition means an activity done regularly in one's leisure time for pleasure. But for the sake of our discussion topic today, we will define it as an activity apart from your primary job that allows you to develop some form of mastery. So a couple of examples, practicing an instrument at home is not a hobby but joining a brass band and competing in the British Open, now that is a hobby. Reading books is not a hobby, but being an expert in the history of Singapore since World War II is a hobby. You should be able to tell by now that your choice of hobby should be something that challenges you and stretches you while providing a break from your primary job. When we add in the word serious, what does it mean? So to decide if your hobby is a serious hobby, you have to ask yourself a few questions. Number one is how is the hobby related to your life? So what role does it play in your life? How much time do you set aside for this particular activity? Do you block out specific time of the week for it? Do you prepare for your hobby in advance? Do you read up about the latest developments and trends or techniques about your hobby? If yes, then you have yourself a serious hobby. Serious hobby requires a professional approach. So chances are you are going to partake in this particular activity for a couple of times in a week. So a good way to check for a serious hobby is that it needs to be able to sustain your attention if someone were to pay you to do it. So, for example, watching Netflix or watching movies is not really a particularly serious hobby or an activity. But if you are now reviewing every single horror film that was ever made, then maybe people might actually pay you to do that particular job. So how deep you go into a particular niche is really the key here. So serious hobbies should not be something that is very broad 
it should be something that's very niche and targeted. So uh, to share with all of you a little bit, my serious hobby at the moment must be coffee. So <laughs> I make multiple brews a day on different setups and different machines. So just let me talk you through my routine on a regular morning. So first, I bring out my notebook where I record all my brew recipes. So what you will find in this particular notebook is that I record the amount of coffee I use, I record the grind size setting, I record the amount and the temperature of the water that I use, how much I pour each time, and how many times do I pour, and then ultimately the total brew time, followed by tasting the coffee. Usually, I would execute a brew like that for maybe two to three times, sometimes on the same coffee, sometimes on a different coffee. Then I will move to the espresso machine and I'll pull out at least one shot. So I'll use the recipe that I had from the previous day and try to see if like it still works or you know if the if something is off with the recipe if it doesn't taste as good then i'll pull another shot um, i'll make some changes of course and then i'll just make another shot and then if it's okay i'll just leave it uh, so you can imagine very soon coffee is probably not going to have any effect on my body yeah so this this is basically my morning coffee routine i wouldn't say that <laughs> yeah uh, it, I, I guess that's also the difference between drinking coffee every morning or brewing coffee every morning versus going into this sort of detail and troubleshooting the brew and making sure that it tastes good and it tastes like the way I want it to and tastes sweet and all this sort of stuff. Uh, but ultimately, I do feel that this particular hobby is not the right one for me. Uh, but before we go there, I, I'd like to just quickly talk about this idea of serious hobbies and how many serious hobbies you should have so um for those of you with right who right now already have multiple hobbies maybe what i would suggest is for you to try to limit it to one because of obvious reasons and number one is time constraints so we are all very busy people so if you are somewhat successful with your primary endeavor or your primary job, you'll find that finding pockets of time in your already very busy weekly schedule can be a major commitment. If you have to do that for multiple activities, that could be a real problem for you. Uh, number two uh, is a lack of focus. So what this would do to you is basically it will diminish the positive effects of the hobby or it's likely going to eat into more time or take away time from your primary endeavor, which might affect your work negatively. And at the same time, you'll likely not be able to develop any mastery in the hobby and you will not be able to reap the positive effects. And the last one, of course, is financial investment. Depending on the hobby that you took up, you will need to invest some money on gears or on supplies. So let's take coffee, for example. I recently bought myself an espresso machine that costs about $1,200. Uh, before that, my setup has been relatively frugal. I've got an acrylic uh, V60 cone, which is those kind of like triangular cone-shaped thing that you put on top of a cup and then you put a piece of filter paper on top and then you pour uh, water through a bit of coffee. 
so before this, it has been relatively frugal and quite cheap. The only thing that I spend money on is maybe coffee and a really expensive coffee grinder. But apart from that, uh, it's been relatively low cost, except for this new uh, machine that I purchased. But I suppose these are things that would only increase when you get deeper into the hobby and you want to try different things and then you know you start investing more and more and you go down <laughs> this uh, rabbit hole and imagine if this is just one hobby and then you have um maybe four to five different hobbies that are also using that amount of money uh, you probably can't keep up you end up with a lot of gear a lot of money but you know or not quite the expertise to operate all this gear uh, at a high level so now back to the choice and back to deciding the right hobby for me and why I think that coffee might not necessarily be the right hobby for me uh, is that I'm drawn to a, a particular type of hobby. <laughs> uh, and these are the, the few hobbies that I've picked up over the last few years. So it started off with cooking when I was living in the UK. In especially in my third year, I started doing a, a lot more of it just as an activity to take time out from practice because every time when I come back from a practice session, you'll be your my mind is always in this sort of overdrive thinking about, you know, oh, this practice session was not as good. This practice session was good. And why was it not good? Why can't I do this? Why was this? you know, not as good as yesterday. It feels like today's uh, lips and today's chops were a little bit different or worse than the day before. So cooking was like this temporary sort of escape where I can go and dive into this with 100% focus and not think about anything that's related for music for a period of time and then come back to it again later. Uh, followed by bread baking, which I was also doing in the UK, but to very little success. And uh, after I returned to Singapore, I did it again. And then I did it more during uh, about a year ago when the circuit breaker happened. And then I've been doing it sort of regularly on and off the, this last year. And uh, of course, learning new methods and trying to make my bread a bit more consistent, making sure that they get, you know, nice oven spring and all this sort of stuff. Uh, and right now, I'm more into coffee. I don't bake as much as to try to, but right now, uh, coffee is the thing that I'm into. I'm doing it almost on a daily basis. And the reason why I picked all these hobbies is because I am a nerd. <laughs> so uh, before we get, further on this and let me just take some time to elaborate on why I call myself a nerd. So uh, Peter Thiel, the co-founder of PayPal and author of the book Zero to One, divided personalities into two main types. One is the athlete and the second one is the nerd. Therefore, I categorize myself as a nerd. So let's talk a little bit more about these two personality types. So athletes will have the win-at-all-cost mentality. They thrive at winner-take-all games and environments. So their, their success criteria is very straightforward and they look for jobs that involves binary outcomes such as finance, 
business, sales, uh, of course, professional athletes, or even at times grant writing. These people uh, likely had some form of success in their early childhood or when they're growing up in competitions, they had good experience. So they have this sort of particular confidence. They're confident enough that they will be successful and they're confident enough to make sure that they win at all costs. But uh, of course, this is not always the case as well. So the best example that I can find for this is uh, Michael Jordan, the famous basketball player, also known as the GOAT, uh, which is the which stands for the greatest of all time. So on Netflix, there is this, I think, six-episode uh, documentary series that showcases his journey in his NBA career. So Michael Jordan, for those of you who don't know, uh, won three consecutive NBA championships on two separate occasions. So he won it in his first span of three years. Then he took a year out to play baseball. And then he came back to the NBA again and he won another three more championships. So in this documentary, he shares a lot about his winner-takes-all mentality. He's all out to win. He just wants to win the championship and he's not out to make friends. And every single practice session, how he tries to motivate his teammates to be the same, to think the same way as him, to want to win, to win at all costs because he knows that uh, ultimately, basketball is a team sport. He can't do it by himself. So, fantastic documentary. I find it quite interesting because I'm also a basketball fan. But I think it'll be interesting for anybody, even if you are not a basketball fan, to just have a look and try to understand and tap into this sort of mentality. So, the other sort of personality are the nerds, which I also thought as artists, <laughs> uh, success to, to them is connection that they create with their consumers, whether or not they get it or understood the idea behind the work. That defines the success. If the work is out there and there are people who get it, there are people who understand the intention behind the work or it gets them to think and challenges their thought and or their understanding of a particular topic or issue, at times, that would deem as successful to them. So something that is less tangible, something that is not like a win or lose or black or white sort of situation where there's a lot of gray areas to, to explore. Uh, jobs for those who fall into this bracket are, you know, creative roles, design, research, and of course, arts practitioners. And needless to say, <laughs> I think most of uh, the listeners to this podcast is indeed uh, a nerd and fall into this category and I find myself like that as well so take some time to decide on which category you fall into and then try to find a hobby that falls into the opposite category to balance your personality and to avoid burnout and remain challenged in your life so that you don't feel like you're stuck or you don't feel like you're doing the same thing every day and you there's different outputs for you to recharge and go again right if you fall into the athlete type, I think you can consider a hobby in playing music, uh, in photography, cooking, or baking. Uh, you can develop your skill in getting better in playing a piece, shooting the best macro shots for wildlife, uh, baking fresh, uh, making fresh pasta from scratch, or baking sourdough breads. Uh, these hobbies will push you to think out of this well-defined 
success that you are very used to and you'll work towards higher mastery and consistency within that given task without the very clear idea that you know it's a win or lose situation because uh, if the the loaf of bread comes out of the oven and it's good doesn't mean that you replicate the same recipe again the next day it will be the same and it will most likely taste different as well and this also applies to coffee when you brew two cups of coffee with almost the same recipe same coffee the two coffees will not taste exactly the same right that's just how it is so it's not as clear as just a win or lose sort of situation so like like i said there's no doubt that i'm a nerd and that's why i fell in love with music and the euphonium it is also probably the reason why i love cooking and food related hobbies because you can create something and you can try to refine it and make it better with as much attention to detail as possible but at the same time you know recipes just don't always yield the same result maybe what i should be looking into are more competitive activities that i can play to win maybe it's time to go back to play some dota and instead of playing with friends for fun and going on turbo mode maybe i should play to gain mmr which is a ranking system that they've come up with and maybe it's time to get into magic the gathering again and the card game that i was into during my secondary school days i know that some of my friends are also still gathering together no pun intended uh, to play this game and maybe it's time to sign up myself for some tournaments uh, maybe it's time to run a side hustle or business and make sure that it's running at a profit or maybe it's time to sign myself up for coffee related competition i mean what can go wrong but i think these are perhaps things that i need to start looking at for my own development so that we can have a balance so in the previous episode with minhui during our conversation we spoke about burnout and she mentioned that some of the musicians in the seo suffered a burnout in the past and ended up leaving the music industry in their home country for a few years and went to the different industries such as running their own business opening cafes and doing a bunch of other stuff and ultimately decided that music was still what they wanted to do and they came back to do it and they decided that oh maybe a change of environment would make things better and they moved to singapore so i guess at the end of the day nets will be nets <laughs> what we need is to find that one thing that balances our lives and challenges us so that we do not feel stuck and we do not feel like there's no progress and developments in our lives what are your thoughts about embarking on a serious journey are you willing to make time for it will you be looking for something to play to win or something that is not so defined what's your hobby and does it help you to do your primary job better are you an amateur musician that has played music as a serious hobby how has that helped you i would love to hear from all of you you can write to me on instagram at youplayawhat or email me at hello at youplayawhat.com and with that we will sign off on this episode of you play a what You have been listening to You Play a What, hosted by Vincent Tan. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button so that you'll be notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends if you feel so inclined. 
The theme music for the podcast is entitled Midnight Affairs and is composed by Algirdas Matonis and recorded by Vincent Tan. Thank you so much for listening to You Play or What? Until next time. Thank you.